Hi, everybody. It's Terry with Marketing Mambo, and I am very excited today to have Christina Shea with me. Christina is the CEO and founder of KVision, which is a marketing consulting firm, and she's also the founder of Blue Skies Life, and it's all about purpose-led brands. And in fact, she spelled Blue Skies with a Y instead of an I-E-S because this company is all about your why. And speaking of why, I'd like to talk a moment about a book that I wrote called Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. It's all about finding your own why and creating the rules of the game of work where you can win. One of the things I like to ask people is, are you currently satisfied with your career? And if you're not, why is that? It could be because you're playing by the wrong rules. I encourage you to take a look at Winning the Game of Work, which is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Reading this book can help you get recognized for your value on the job. It can help you develop and appreciate your unique superpowers at work. It can even help you cope with a bad boss without burning out or getting fired. It can also help you get that promotion and or raise that you deserve. Overall, this book is about delivering more impact on the job with less stress and duress. And who doesn't want that? So again, Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms is available as an ebook and paperback at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Check it out today. And without further ado, let the Mambo begin. Welcome to Marketing Mambo with your host, Terry McDougall. It's the fun and fast podcast where we cha-cha-chat with marketing movers and shakers from around the globe. Christina, I want to welcome you to Marketing Mambo. How are you today? Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm wonderful, especially now I get to have some downtime and have some conversation. I'm just outside Toronto, Canada, and we're in full lockdown. Other than going to the grocery store, I don't really interact with anyone except Zoom, but I've been on the phone all day or emails. So it's just lovely to have a off the record kind of conversation and just talk. I'm really excited to talk to you. I actually have some ties to Toronto. I used to work for a company that was headquartered there. And I would travel to Toronto pretty frequently. And I I do miss being able to get up to Toronto as often as I used to. One of the things I want to ask you about is what was it that attracted you to marketing as a career? That's a great question. I was very creative always and artistic. And I know this sounds kind of funny, but everybody's like, oh, you should be an artist. Ever since I was a young girl to teenager and going into college age, And all I could think was, I'm going to be a starving artist. And when I discovered that people could actually make a career out of graphic design and marketing, and I always had an entrepreneurship mind because I was always creating things to sell to my friends. So I always wanted to incorporate business with my creative side. And I just found that that's how I entered it really was graphic design. I went to an esteemed college here in Oakville called Sheridan College in Ontario. And that's where I started my whole career in that direction. And I just loved it. I loved creating. I love creating anything. And then I entered in a time where the computer, we were all on Macs, we were really new and I was just obsessed. I became a Mac guru at the time and just learning all the software, which my professors didn't even know. 
that really positioned me well because then I jumpstarted my career very early on. By the age of 21, I was hired by a small agency that serviced Royal Bank, which is obviously you know a huge international global financial institution. And so I was exposed to everything. And what really kickstarted even more was that the director at the time left for another role and they positioned me into that lead role at 21 years old after only being in a few months. So they thought it was going to be an interim thing, but after a few months, they decided I was doing such a great job. They just left me there. So I had to learn a lot of things, everything from production, management, dealing with vendors, suppliers. I was learning a business. I just thrived in it and I really loved it. And then I ended up working for Royal Bank itself and servicing their clients through another large corporation and then through World Bank. Again, so World Bank has been a constant for many years. I have moved on to other things, but what happened was really interesting was because I left the large corporation that I ended up working for. I won't say who it was, but just, I would say unfair treatment towards women was part of that. I thought I'd just take the summer off. At that time, there was no big Google search or anything like that and no cell phones, all the different departments. They looked me up in yellow pages and they were trying to reach me. And that's how I started K-Vision. I started servicing direct and working with all these departments at a very young age. I think I was about 24 years old. And just before that happened, to give some background, I had lost my husband. I was very much about living a life that I wanted to live. And it gave me such great freedom to have my own firm and I could work wherever I wanted. That was still a very new concept at the time. Thank you for telling your story. And I definitely want to get a little bit more into blue skies, but there's so much to unpack of everything that you just talked about. And just going back to the beginning of your story, and you were saying that you were creative, but you didn't want to be a starving artist. That's part of what drew me to marketing as well, is that I was always very creative and artistic, but I was also competitive (laughs) and I wanted to make money. And um, I think marketing is one of those areas where you can get paid for your creativity, both in visual, but also from a problem solving standpoint. I'm sure that as a virtual CMO with K-Vision that you were coming in and understanding, okay, what's the problem that you guys have? And then coming up with solutions to help them meet whatever their objective was as a business. Exactly. It's like being a doctor, you diagnose the situation and understand what they want. And that's really digging down and getting a lot of background information and when you're speaking about brands or personalities, it's also the players and the stakeholders that are involved and they have their own objectives to career-wise if they're launching a new product or brand or whatever. They want it to succeed for their own career as well as also for the product itself or whatever it is that you're launching or promoting. But yeah, it's exactly that. You really have to really dig deep. It is a business and understand all the viewpoints and the competitors. And some people say the four Ps, but I think there's seven or eight, there's product, people, place, packaging. I'm probably forgetting a couple now. It's really digging into their business plan and their goals and objectives for the year or years to come. I love what you were saying about understanding what people's individual motivations are. That's actually something that as a coach, I work with people on a lot because they'll go in and they're quote unquote doing their job, but they don't understand why they're not having the impact that they'd like to have. And sometimes it's because they don't have a line of sight into what somebody's individual motivation is. And when you understand that, you can have more influence. Exactly. And yeah, especially when you're working on a project for say a large corporation, but it can be for anyone for that matter, really understanding their 
motivations is key. Is it because they want to have a success with this project? Is it because they're passionate about creating a sustainable packaging or promotion or an innovative product? Do they want to be a thought leader? What do they want? And if you're working with them in their flow, and it's really what I call emotional intelligence, because if you can identify that, you'll probably be more successful dealing with them. You still have their corporate objectives, but everybody has their individual motivations and they have their own personal missions as well as the project itself. So I think that is really key. One of the key things when you're dealing with projects is understanding those motivations individually, as well as in the large corporate scheme of things. Yeah, for sure. And as a project manager, you're trying to make sure that all of those streams of activity keep moving on. But very often, you're not the one doing it, right? You're the (laughs) one making sure that everybody else is tracking so you reach the goal. And it can be difficult to get people's attention and, and motivate them to cooperate and collaborate and keep things moving, unless you understand what it is that is in it for them. Yes, what makes them tick. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. We've got so many parallels. I did graphic design earlier in my career and I found that really interesting. I still love dabbling in, in graphic design. How did you find that transition from being a designer to literally being in the right place at the right time, right? To be able to move into a leadership role at such an early age. But what was that transition like from being the creative to rising to somebody that was responsible for probably more strategic actions? That's a great question as well. I don't know if I was really prepared for it, but I'm very competitive and I'm an achiever by nature. And I'm also the oldest with four younger brothers. So when I was growing up, as women were always called bossy, but I was always the one leading and managing them and I ended up trying to get projects done. So it's funny. So I was doing that in my own young life as it was. And I love to be able to see the big picture come alive. And it's like all the gears that are working in sync. And when you were just a designer, not that there's nothing wrong. I love the creativity aspect. That's a big part of it. But I really wanted to tell the story and to tell the story, you have so many other things, obviously, of communications, but you also have production, right? So all those things do come in place. And that's where you see that big picture or the reality of it all coming to life. I definitely made some mistakes on the way I was very young, and you're trying to prove yourself. So sometimes the way I was managing people that were twice my age, it was a little bit challenging. But then when I learned that if I could understand what made them tick, for example, I could work much better with them. People were always surprised when they finally met me because I was much younger, Mm because on the phone, I, I had a very assertive tone. (laughs) Uh But I I felt I had to do that. I still think that does exist a lot today, but especially back then. So yeah, it was a learning curve for sure. And I think constant eternal learning is part of who I am. And Mm -hmm. I love learning new skills and new, I definitely wasn't perfect, but I think when you do make mistakes or I don't like calling them failures, they're learning opportunities to improve yourself on so many levels. And those things can also translate into your personal life as well. So it's not just business. That's when I started becoming really interesting, managing people. But then I really understood too that products, launches, marketing, it's all about people, not just people that you work with, but whatever your value that you are creating through that promotion product or whatever the services that you are working working on your project. So I, that's why I became really interested in purpose-led brands has become a real trend all of a sudden, but it's always been something I'm passionate about because what is the value that you're delivering and who are the people that are standing behind that delivering the value? You have to walk your talk. I've always been passionate about sustainability. I'll use that as an example. A lot of companies would talk that talk, but they weren't walking it. And that's where I became really entrenched in, okay, we have to know why we exist as an organization or why we're doing this promotion or launch and who they're built to serve. Mm -hmm. So when you identify those things, you'll have much more chance at succeeding at it. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to say I'm also the oldest, except for the oldest of four girls. So maybe there's something about that, right? Just like really being driven and being used to quote unquote being bossy, which is another word for being a 
leader. Yes. Something that you were saying, the whole idea around brand integrity. And as time has gone on, people dig deeper. It's not just, okay, are, are things on the surface coming together in a way that seems authentic, but people really are now digging in and saying, okay, are you walking the talk? If you're talking about supporting diversity, if we come into your office, are we going to see that, right? Are we going to see that you empower people to be successful that aren't white males? Exactly. And they will benefit from that corporations or small businesses so much more when you are inclusive and you are diverse, because in general, you're not your target market. And I'm sorry, white old males are not necessarily the ones that you're not serving them necessarily. Usually mm -hmm. it's actually women that are the purchaser or the lead in the household. So if it's products or even life insurance, for goodness sakes, like all those things are health or whatever it is that they're buying for the home or their children or their spouse. So I think that is so important. And it's not just women in the office or diverse minorities in the office? Are they in leadership positions? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that's been a huge gap for many years. And it still is, unfortunately, but I think we're making progress. We just have to keep pushing it forward. I would like to see a day when my daughter is not judged on whether she's applying for a job because she's a woman and she might get pregnant or she's not thin enough or she's not cute enough or whatever. Yeah. There was one employer I worked for and he seemed to evaluate women's qualifications if they were attractive. Yeah, sure. And yeah, and I'm sorry, you didn't measure men on that same level. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but what do you call it? Parental leave. Men can have that as well. So it should not be judged primarily because they can have children as a liability. Women offer so much different perspectives for marketing is really to understand your target market and also keeping in mind of what's going on in the world. And especially right now, up to date with what is going on in terms of social injustice. And we were talking about not walking your talk, for example, with the pandemic, I think people have really scaled back their spending, but luxury brands are always going to obviously be a draw for those. But for example, I'll use a designers, they got these huge price tags, but they're using unethical slave labor, I'll put it that way, mm -hmm. to create these, or you're saying that you are an actual company, but you're using maybe be to cut your bottom line or using products that do have chemicals or pesticides, which actually make people sick. So you really do have to walk your talk. And I think that's one of the most important things that is coming to light now. It's more important than ever with millennials and Gen X, of course, but Gen Z as well. They want to know that your company stands for more. And you can even look back to other brands such as Ben and Jerry's, which is all about natural products. They've always been also advocate for all sorts of justices and the environment was one of them. And that was a leader in its time. Not many people were doing that that kind of thing, or the body shop was another one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's so many examples of that. And they have sustained themselves long term. And when you make a really bad decision in your branding or your product or in terms of a company, and you depart from your core values, that's when I think you're in big trouble. I always use your mission and vision core values as your roadmap. Mm -hmm. And if you keep to that, you might have opportunities that pop up and just always go, does that make sense? Does that align? And if you're an older company, maybe those core values will shift and change, hopefully for the better. But maybe it's time to re even reevaluate them. I call it my roadmap or compass. It keeps you going in a direction. It's fine to take detours or pivot, but I think you have to stick to your values just like you would as a person. Yeah. I was a guest on somebody else's podcast recently, and we talked about General Motors doing a, a rebrand of their logo to be more modern and bring in the whole electric car approach. And I actually didn't really like the logo. And I was talking about it on the podcast. But since that time, 
line, they've come out and said that they're going to be all electric by 2035. And that's an example of what you were talking about in terms of it's a very old company, but they're reading what's going on in the environment and are stepping up in terms of environmental responsibility and saying, okay, we need to make this shift. I'm sure it's going to cost them something to make those investments, but it is the right thing to do. And it also is aligned with what the expectations are of their next generation of customers. Totally. That's a great example. And also companies through this global pandemic, a lot of them are suffering and they're looking to cut their bottom line, but sometimes costs have to be evaluated. If you don't take into account what's happening in the future or where it's going, your short-term gain is going to be your long-term loss. Yeah. So if they aren't going to invest in, yeah, there's an upfront, but you're going to sustain your company longer. You're going to really create, as you say, brand integrity. And you're going to build a company that's going to sustain into the future. I think that's essential, actually, is to think forward, but also stick to your core values or reevaluate them. Yeah, this is sort of taking us back. I wanted to talk to you about this because it's kind of funny. I worked in financial services for a long time, too. And my first name is Terry. It's spelled with a Y, which, you know, men whose name is Terry spell it that way. And financial services is pretty heavily male dominated. I would be emailing or corresponding with people across the organization who never met me. And it happened so many times that this is a pattern. And I'm a little bit shocked by it that whenever I met people in person, they would say to me, I thought you were a man. I know, isn't that hilarious? That would be the first thing out of their mouth. And I'd be like, I'm really glad that you thought that I was a man right? Because most of the time it was men that said this to me. I think that probably treated me differently because they thought I was a man. I think I'm a smart person, right? I don't really think that intelligence has a gender. That's pretty funny that it actually was uncovering this unconscious bias that they had because otherwise, why would you care? Or why would you even take note? And also, why could you not stop yourself from saying that? (laughs) I know, like you should, that should be your inside voice for sure. I've tried all sorts of things. Like I've, I used to sign sometimes emails, Chris, my name's Christina with a K, but I would sign a Chris because then it would just be dubious because I realized mm-hmm. that they would question me or I've been in a meetings where I was presenting and they don't know who was presenting, but they asked me to get their coffee. So I really do think there's definitely a bias in it, especially in the financial institution and also women who are trying to start companies. They have a lot more challenges to access capital. And even a lot of women that I know that have started companies, they say, bring a man, even if he knows nothing to the meeting, just because they'll take you more seriously, which is such a shame because it's very challenging. And a lot of men don't see that because they haven't lived it, but it's just anybody who's a minority of any kind, you can't relate to unless you lived it. And it's not only questioning, uh, you can mansplaining or whatever. I'm sure you've experienced it. And many women have, especially in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. I value men's opinions, but I think we should all value each other's opinion, whether you're a man or a woman or minority or whatever. Everybody should be equal and have an equal voice at the table. It is very funny. And I think that's a very Mm -hmm. interesting point. There's actually been some studies on communications and with men and women when they didn't know which was female or male. And they definitely had same content, but they were responded to in very different ways. Yeah. It's very interesting. And it is a bit surprising to me too. That was something that I saw over and over again. So we've talked about the importance of diversity and the purpose-led brands, and I really want to give you some time to talk about Blue Sky's life. It's so exciting that you're on the verge of launching this new lifestyle brand. So tell us about it. I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. 
as I was working in the corporate world, I was a single mom, single income earner, and I was diagnosed with a brain cyst. I had debilitating migraines for years, to be frank. And eventually I actually collapsed in the financial district in the food court, rushed to the hospital. And that's how I discovered my condition. And it had a lot of repercussions. I didn't have cancer. Thank God. That's what they first diagnosed me with, but it was causing me a lot of discomfort, pain, et cetera, and even some vision problems. I did that hustle and grind for many years and various companies and, and including my own company, but I was taking such a toll on my health. I wasn't sleeping on average. And this is shocking when I tell people, but I slept on average about three hours a night. Anyway, it, it was just an awful way to live my life. And I just realized, you know, I've, after losing two husbands, because I've been widowed twice and also financially strapped because of that. The finances are one thing, and that's what was driving me at the time to some degree, and maybe my achievement mindset. But I also realized this is not how I want to live my life. This is not how I envisioned my life. And I also saw a lot of other women struggling too. So I felt there was a lot of gap in not just products, like there's lots of products geared to women, but really addressing wellness as a holistic way of life. And that's why I named it Blue Skies Life, because I was always looking up to the sky for blue skies, hope, optimism. And I got laid off during the pandemic for a can, it's a life science slash cannabis company, uh, which I was so passionate about cannabis because I was in the medical cannabis space and I was a patient. And that's how I got attracted to cannabis because I discovered it over 10 years ago and what the benefits were medically or therapeutically for me. But here I was doing the same thing again. I was just repeat, rinse and do it all over again. And I realized this is not good. And there's so many other women in particular, because they're looking after the children, they're looking after their spouse, they're trying to do that career. And which is usually more demanding than men because they have more expectations for less pay. And I just wanted to get control of my life. And I knew that I could create something that will help change and bring value. And Blue Skies, as you mentioned, it's all about your why. So I spelt it with a Y because instead of the IES, Blue Skies Life, because to me, it's all about your purpose and your legacy, what you're going to bring and hopefully leave. And what I really want to do, because I have so much allergies and medical issues, I wanted to create natural products. And since I'm growing into my 40s and now 50s, I wanted some natural products that I could access, but also some small indulgences. So it's really an inclusive, holistic, but lifestyle, modern wellness brand which is for the mind, body, and home. And it's all about living a growth mindset or a healthy mindset because without that, you can't really have your health. And then your body is all your physical health. But also with the pandemic, a lot of people were staying home. So just small indulgences could be anything from loungewear that makes you feel wonderful and comfortable, sustainable products, but also for your body, like natural health creams, supplements, et cetera. Really what I want to do is elevate wellness. I call it holistic happiness. I'll be layering products with education. This will be an evolving brand because it's lean and, and small right now and totally in its infancy. But what I really want to do with my core values were sustainability, natural products, including packaging as much as possible, and also how and who I work with. So I'm trying to always ensure that ethical labor is used if I am sourcing ingredients abroad. I would like to elevate women. So I'm also, as I've always been an advocate for I'm a proud feminist, but I want to elevate women that are also starting their own products or own companies. So I try to work with female-led companies, small or larger. I'm small, so I'm doing my best to really elevate not only wellness, but elevate women. Yeah, you're walking the talk. We talked about that early and you're walking the talk, which is fantastic. 
Christina, where can people find you? Well, right now the website's in construction mode because we're getting on the e-commerce ready, but you can still find me online. It gives you a bit about my backstory. So www.blueskieslife.com. And remember, blue skies is spelled with a Y, so blue and then S-K-Y-S, life.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook. The handle is blue skies life again. And you can find me, of course, on LinkedIn. So Christina with a K, as I say, and Shea, like the butter, S-H-E-A. We're also going to be carrying some lovely Shea products as well, Shea butters. (laughs) So I would welcome if you have anything that you would like to share with me, whether it's just a story, an opinion. I'm also going to be launching something similar to what you're doing. Um, I want to share stories. It's been something, a passion of mine um, to tell women's perspectives So making her story instead of making history, that will be linked with Blue Sky's life. I love that. That is so fantastic. And I share your mission of empowering people to live happier lives because it's a matter of us deciding that we deserve it and making it happen for ourselves. We're always at choice. And sometimes, especially for women, we're raised not to really put our needs first. And honestly, we will be happier. And I think the world would be a better place when we learn to do that without feeling any form of guilt or shame for knowing that we're worthy of being happy. I totally agree. It's hard to be happy all the time, but moments of joy, if you are healthy and your mindset's healthy overall, happiness is key. You have one life to live, make it count. I just want to leave the world a better place. I've learned a lot through my own mistakes. And I really think women do need to embrace their happiness, their joy and their worth. And don't be afraid, shine on. I always say health is wealth, shine on because don't let anybody dull your sparkle and go for it. It's one thing to dream it, but it's another thing to do it. Definitely hard work or whatever, but it can just be something simple where you're just looking after your own needs. Because if you have an empty cup that you're pouring from, it's really hard to create value or make yourself happy. So look after you, put your own oxygen mask on. And that might be a journey in itself to discover what that means to you, but do that and find out what it is and what makes you happy or how you can find joy. The success will come from that. And success is not just monetary or the house, the car, all that stuff. It's about what you feel inside and and how you can make others feel. So if you're happy, you're going to make other people happy. Yeah, I love that. I always say that we're all here for a reason. And I think that our mission on earth is to figure out what that is and to live our purpose as fully as possible. Sometimes it's a journey, just finding your purpose. But, and if you're going through a hard time, like I have my life story could be on Netflix, but I feel sometimes all those trials and tribulations, that's where it's going to lead you to your purpose. So maybe you're going through a lot of crap. I'm trying not to swear, (laughs) but maybe that is why you're going through all that, because maybe that's going to put you on a path where you can help others or inspire others to live their best life. That's a beautiful place to close. So thank you so much, Christina. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Mambo. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, like, and share. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for my social media and contact information. Until next time, adios.